and the swell was huge. And we, instead of going up and down it, we were going across the top of it. Wow. So as the swell comes before it actually rolls over, it's, it peaks up into quite a steep peak. We were right on top of that peak. I looked down and there was just this sheer drop. And both Helen and I, I'm getting goosebumps talking yeah. about this, right? We both at the same time went, yahoo, <laughs> really loud. And it was just that split second in time that, oh, my hair's on standing up. Yeah. It was just so awesome. This is Reignited, where together we will meet interesting people who have a curious message for the world. They'll tell us about their experiences so that we can all reignite our lives. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you change direction and life took a very, very different path to what you had? I'm very excited and curious today to talk to Tracy Tito about that exact experience that she had and um, how she led to being a business owner with Team Just a Girl. <laughs> so welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Val. Now, I always get my guests to choose three cards to introduce themselves. So um, what symbols did you choose today? So it's interesting. I chose that to me was a, a fork in the road or some different changes or places you can go and yep. choices you can make. So that's a, um, a signpost with lots of different directions. Yeah, signpost yeah. with lots of different directions. I also chose an anchor uh, for two reasons, obviously because of our fishing and boating background and, and anchoring things up, but also because I think probably for the first time in my life, um, I'm anchored. I know what I'm doing. I know what I want to do. And um, that's where I'm at. Wow. And then the other one I chose is this blank one. It's kind of bluey green. There were no fishes in there. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine a fish in that blue card because it's the sea. Yeah. So Just a Girl is all about um, adventure and going out in the sea and, and fishing. So how did you get to this point? What led to, to this? Well, to start off with, I'm a Kiwi. So I grew up fishing and hunting and giving cars grease and oil changes and all that sort of stuff. So fishing for me has always, you know, I grew up on the coast underneath a mountain and the water has always been you know sort of me that's that's where I'm at we came over to Australia Kev and I Kev's a Kiwi as well and um, we brought a shack up on the York Peninsula a little place called uh, James Well mm -hmm. so we decided we needed a boat after fishing off the beach we brought this boat and uh, away we go that boat was called Teetz's Walker, which is Kev's nickname and Walker means canoe or boat and in, in Maori so we'd go up there and, and I'd be like, Kev, let's go fishing. Now, Kev's not a fisherman. He's not particularly interested in fishing. And he would go, oh, I'm going to have a sleep in because it's a day off. It's like, no, no, we've got to catch snapper. We've got to be on the water at four o'clock, you know. And he'd be like, oh, I'm too tired to go this weekend. And, and it would be like, because I, I was hung up on the fact that he had to drive the boat. Mm. We had some mates up one weekend and they all got on the terps and I went to bed at eight o'clock and they – we're still up partying when I got up at four. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was ropeable. Mm. And I'm like, come on, you guys, I've set all the stuff up. I spent all the night before, you know, making up rigs and getting everything all ready and getting bait out. And they were just, they were just too pissed to get in the boat. It's mm. like, I'm not taking you because you're at risk. This was a little boat. This is a little 4.8 stacer. And the freeball, which is the, the height of the side of the boat, is only like up to your knees. So you can't have 
drunk grown men in that boat. It's That's just not too safe. dangerous. Not yeah. safe. Yeah. So um, they all in their little state went, <laughs> well, if it's that important, you go. And I'm like, well, I will. Okay. I didn't say it like that. I did have, a, <laughs> I did have an expletive in there. Yeah. So off I went. I got to the boat ramp. It was still dark. I was scared to death because I knew how to launch and retrieve the boat, but I'd never done it on my own. But, you know, I was more fearful of going home and telling them that I was too scared to go. So I went. Wow. I caught Snapper and I brought them home for breakfast. <laughs> and from there on, I've been the skipper of any boat that the Tito's have owned. Mm. And uh, after the second boat, it was like, who are we kidding, Kev? It's not going to be Teetsis Walker. Let's call it Just a Girl. Okay. Mm. So that was the very start of Just a Girl. Yeah. So I know that you've had um, some interesting things happen in life. What was the, the pivotal point when Just a Girl went from something that you did to taking other people onto the boat? Yeah, so uh, in 2013, um, I had a few medical problems and was subsequently diagnosed with uh, kidney cancer. And that followed a, a bit of time where, you know, at that time I'd had 28 years in the financial planning business. I'd worked my butt off, uh, especially through the GFC, the stress and the worry of two years of no sleeping and trying to keep your clients informed. And, you know, every time some money was lost, you, you took it on yourself. And I was just a stressed out ball of not caring anymore, you know. So... Um, when we went through the diagnosis and everything else and what we were, they were going to do to treat it, um, my solution was just take it out. You know, there's lots of insurance money here. I don't really care if I go because I'm sick of working 80-hour weeks and, you know, my family were travelling all over the world and doing all this awesome stuff and I was at home still working and, you know, it's like it's not what I want to do and I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to do this anymore. And it was sort of the catalyst for me to change directions, which I should have done a long time before that. So that diagnosis was like, on one hand, I don't care. Yeah, I don't <laughs> because care. Because I'm tired, I've worked all this. But what did it make you realise? Well, it made me realise, like Kev said to me, so what is it that you want with your life, Trace? And I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to go fishing. And he's gone, well, if you want to go fishing, just go fishing. We'll work the rest out. I'm like, really? Mm. And it was just the fear of voicing it. You know, I knew I wasn't, you know, we spend so much time chasing money, then we can't mm. buy the time back. Yeah. That was a big realisation that I'd spent all this time chasing money and now I may not have time. So I decided, well, I recognised the fact that time was actually more important to me at that point than money. So it was time to make some changes. What do you think the fear was? Um, I think the fear was not having anything. You know, we all get so hooked up on, I'm going to say air fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have one. It's okay. Oh, I do. <laughs> I've got no money, but I've got an air fryer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's like, you know, we, we all work and we chase money, we chase overtime and everything else. And, you know, the realisation of when I actually sat down and worked out what we actually did need and what we were spending were like it was triple what we were spending as to what we actually needed. So we, I, we didn't need to be doing all that work. You know, we could, we could take it easy. And, um, yeah, so consequently it was like, well, the business is gone and I'm going fishing. Yeah. So what happened next? So once you had, did you have treatment and things? Yeah, yeah. so I had uh, a, what they call a partial nephrectomy. Mm -hmm. So nearly all but a little thumbnail of my kidney has been removed. Um, and they reckoned if they left that there, that would help the other kidney. And um, 
you know, at that time for, you know, I never, ever take my husband anywhere with me when it comes to medical stuff. You know, you just soldier on and go and do it yourself. But I knew I needed him there that day and I didn't know why. But when a doctor says um, you have cancer and we think it's malignant, you kind of just go somewhere else. Like I had no idea. Um, I, I had no thoughts. I just completely disappeared. I just completely disappeared from my mind, from my body. I just kind of vanished. And I think anyone who's been diagnosed with cancer would tell you that, mm. you know, and it was like, like an instant stop. And there was nothing. Mm. Apparently the doctor told all the stories to Kev at that point in time while I was not in the room. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was one of those, you know, and you just sort of, you try to think about it and there's nothing. You just, because you, can, you can't think further forward. Yeah. And I think, our brain is amazing when when there's news like that and how it can protect ourselves and sort of, you know, it's like everything stops. I d- look, I didn't get worried or hysterical or cry or any of that stuff. I did. I just stopped, mm. you know. So it was like, all right, um, mm. you just stop. You know, yeah. it's crazy. So the realisation that you didn't want to work anymore? Yeah, so I or knew. not I was hard a, like that? Yeah, yeah, not hard like that. And And we had quite a bit of money put aside. Obviously, I was a financial planner and stuff. So, oh, good, you were practicing what you <laughs> preach. <laughs> so, it was decided that I was going to go fishing. Okay, so what did that look like from then on? Yeah, so um, Renee, my oldest girl, she loves her fishing as well. So, in those early years, the boat never went anywhere without Renee on board or, or Ren. And um, her and I fished everywhere. We joined the game fishing club because we were sick of fishing out in the Gulf, just chasing snapper. Like, you can't keep catching fish and putting it in the freezer mm. or just catching fish for the sake of catching fish. So we thought we want a bit more structure around this fishing because it's going to be mum's future. Mm. So we joined the Game Fishing Club of South Australia and we learned about game fishing and tagging and releasing and we started chasing tuna and fishing way offshore. Um, you know, we even went to Port Lincoln. You know, I was 12 weeks out from my kidney surgery. Now, I'll just take you back a little step. I said to the, to the surgeon can I go fishing? And he said, I can't see a problem with that deer. <laughs> was he thinking it was <laughs> off a jetty? And... I have no idea what he was thinking. Yeah. But um, eight weeks later, I was fishing a four-day offshore tuna comp out of Port Lincoln, <laughs> sleeping on a mattress on the ground that I had to take endone to get on the ground and endone to get off each day. But it was really good for my core. And uh, when I went back for my three-month checkup, he even said, well, your core's a lot stronger than I expected to be. I went, yeah, I've been fishing. <laughs> How big were the tuna? So around the 25 kilo mark. Yeah. <laughs> so not just talking a little whiting. No, uh, no, no, and not just like flat ocean in the Gulf either, mm. you know, like always swell, it's mm. always swell. But, yeah, it was. I think it helped me recover a lot quicker. Yeah. So what is it about fishing that feeds your soul? You know, when you're fishing, nothing else exists. When you're fishing, you are completely in the moment. There's, there's no other world. You know, we go away on a trip fishing and we could be four or five days. We don't have the tally on. We don't have the radio on. We usually come home absolutely exhausted. And by the time we, you know, clean the boat up and get ready for the next day and, and write all our tag cards out and stuff, we're in bed asleep by eight o'clock. Oh, we do have a wine. <laughs> Cheese platter and wine is the average tea for Team Dusty Girl. Mm, just to wind down. <laughs> just to wind down and yeah. make sure we're asleep by 7.30. <laughs> yeah. 
So you you went fishing, had your surgery, and then what sort of happened and unfolded from there? Yeah, so so from there, um, Renee and I started fishing competitions and stuff like that. And then, lo and behold, I started to run out of money. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've never had to budget before. <laughs> We've got a problem here. So it was like, okay, so what we, how can we solve this? We need other people to come fishing with us and share the costs. So, you know, we had a couple of blokes come fishing with us a couple of times and, you know, they just touch everything and they think it's their boat and that just because I'm just a girl, I don't know about electronics or how to tie a rig and all that sort of stuff. You know, because the average female, when she goes fishing, I see every weekend I see the girls standing on the boat ramp holding the rope to the boat. Mm. And then they hop in and then hubby takes them to the spot or the partner takes them to the spot. He actually has already tied all their rigs and their lines, puts a bait on, and they just drop it down. And then they get a bite and they wind it up. Mm. I get a feeling that that's not how, how your boat rolls. No, everyone has to do everything on my boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing I teach the girls is to how to reverse that boat and trailer down the boat ramp. Yeah, Straight. wow. Yeah. So you should see what it does to their confidence. It's amazing. It's, yeah, it's really... and yeah, so it's it's a skill reversing a boat down a boat ramp. It's not. You just have to know how to do it. Yeah, just know, have to know how to do it. But there's something else happening at the same time. Can you talk a little bit about that? So these are some of the girls that you've trained to come yeah, fishing with you. Yeah. So um, if I if I just go back to that story about how mm. just a girl came about. Um, so what happened? We, Renee and I decided we didn't want guys on the boat. So we put a shout out for some like-minded women. Um, we set a Facebook page up one weekend on our way down to Port Mac called Just a Girl. And by the time we left Port Mac, we had a thousand followers. And, wow. you know, so that sort of started that side of it. I went up to Queensland and fished the women's ribbons tournament up there, just jumped on a crew that with a whole heap of girls I didn't know who now we're all quite solid friends. And um, I actually met Jules, who's my number one person on the boat now, and another chick, Leah, who who was with us for a couple of years after that. So, you know, that's how the crew's grown. None of the girls know each other. Um, and, you know, one of the stories I always tell about the crew is that it's hard for women to even go to the toilet on their own. You know, you're in a nightclub situation or out at a restaurant. One lady stands up and she says, oh, I'm just going to the loo. And everyone gets up and goes, <laughs> you know. But you can't get a group of friends when one says, I'm going fishing with just a girl. They all go, you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How stupid are you? Yeah. Fishing? Are they really nuts? Yeah. Well, we're not nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but so the girls all come from different life places, you know. We've got, so Jules is, um, Jules is always in trouble. If you follow us on in our TV show, she's got hooks through her fingers or she got bitten by a Mako shark in one of the episodes. She tail wrapped the gaff to the shark's tail and, like, Jules is always in trouble. <laughs> She's fallen over in the boat and turned it into a break dance and she just does some really crazy stuff. And, you know, Jules is a clinical psychologist with her own practice, mind you, and plenty of staff, so it's quite interesting. Mm. <laughs> and then we've got Kiri. So Kiri, she is a specialised nurse and she's done a lot of work with the organ donor transplant team. She's recently resigned from there and she's now just nursing so that she can have a three or four day weekend and come fishing more come often. Fishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, it was getting a little bit hard for her to get out and about and it's just been such a big stress relief for Kerry. She came to me after owning a, a jet ski and I don't even know how she found out about us actually. I haven't had that chat with her. Yeah. And she um, had caught two squid 
Well, she's on the boat now. She can run that back deck on her own. You yeah. know, she's the, the girls have all, all got that sort of thing happening. And we've got Tracy as well. Tracy's 62, and I probably shouldn't say her age. She'll probably growl me. <laughs> um, but she heard about us on her 60th birthday and went home and told Barney, her husband, that I'm going to go and join Just a Girl. So she's a barmaid mm -hmm. and uh, brings all sorts of uh, different experiences to the team. And uh, she's learnt really well as well. And one of her milestones is she just caught her first tuna in May on three kilo line. So what that means is if you give it more than three kilos, the line will break. So mm. it's a pretty spectacular effort. Yeah. Which is great. Wow. So once people come onto the crew, what sort of happens? Like you are reversing boat trailers and things like that. But yeah. what have you seen happens at the same time? It's okay. not just about fishing, is no, it? No, it's not just about fishing, actually. Fishing is just the vehicle or is just the boat, I suppose you yeah. could say. <laughs> so what normally happens with these women is, is I just see them grow in front of me. And I love using Tracy as an example because um, she came to Just a Girl. They'd been you know, whiting fishing all of her life, so just whiting fishing is very easy compared to anything that Just a Girl does. If we catch a whiting, it's a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she was um, not quiet and shy or anything, but she didn't have a lot of confidence in herself. And I'd ask her, like, can you do this? Oh, I can't. Can you, like, how do you feel about learning how to back the boat down? Oh, I can't. And it's like the girls all laugh. Don't you tell Skip you can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that word does not exist in her vocabulary. You need to change your uh, thought processes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, she pulls herself up on it now. And I've, I've forced her to do things. And, um, you know, the day she reversed those, the boat and trailer down, you could see her whole, she, she grew like her height grew, mm. her confidence grew. And every season now, every time I get her on the boat, she's just growing and she's now asking questions and she doesn't say I can't because she knows the whole crew will jump on her. Yeah. You know, and we had, we did an episode with Rose. So Rose fished with us last year and some of the women come in just for one season and then they, they discover themselves or they gain confidence or they are scared and they want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's that thing of you can see potential through the experience and helping people define that for themselves. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I actually do have a, um, a level three coach certificate behind me as well. So I do a bit of coaching with the girls without them even realising it, you know. And You've just given away your secret? Yeah, I probably have. <laughs> Jules knows. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, Jules does a lot of coaching as well. There's been times where, especially tournaments when, you know, it's rough and it's cold and, and we're wet and everyone's had a gutful and, you know, there's not been any arguments on the boat, but there's been some, you know, silent treatment. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the challenges? So the biggest challenge is getting people from different places and different backgrounds and different outlooks. You know, like take Jules and my relationship, for example. If it wasn't for the fishing, Jules and I would not be friends. Mm. I don't imagine that we would tolerate each other. You know, she got this huge big tuna hook through her finger. We're trying to sort out offshore. We're fishing a comp. What we're going to do? Because none of us wanted to take time to come into shore. You know, because mm. we knew it was an ambulance job. And Kerry decided she might just try and cut her finger down the side and cut the hook out. Mm. And Jules was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait. I need to know the plan." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's Jules. She needs to know the plan. She needs to know how everything goes. She packs everything in the cabin 
And you know that cabin is a no-skip zone? I'm not allowed in there. All right. <laughs> she reckons I just chuck shit all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what you're highlighting is that people's differences um, and navigating, but you may not have ever met um, in your normal world, but the fishing has brought you together. Fishing has brought us together. You know, and there's a lot of women out there who like stuff that is different and they never meet each other. You know, how sad's that? You know, someone might like, um, well, I love I don't know, skydiving, but there's no other women around, so I won't do it. You know, mm. like don't sacrifice your life. If you love something, there's always someone out there that loves it as well, that you can become part of that group or, you know, you just got to grow. One of the biggest challenges for me is um, these girls all give me challenges as well because I'm fairly extroverted and I'm the boss because I'm the skipper. Yeah. But a lot of them come on board those first few times thinking they know everything. So I have to be very diplomatic or careful or mm. Jules just gives me a, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So how do you navigate that and what's happening for you in the process of, of having just a girl, the crew growing? Well, there's, there's so many lessons that I've learned through crew, especially there's been people who I've instantly disliked. You know, I've seen them, I've spoken to them over the phone and it's like, okay, come out fishing with us for the day and see how we go. And I've not liked them, mm. you know, and I'll say to the crew before, you know, we have a little process where if someone says or applies to become part of Team Just a Girl, the first thing I do is ask the other girls if they know her mm. or if they know of her or, you know, because we don't want to get into a position where, where people aren't nice. Mm. <laughs> well, you're stuck on a boat yes, yeah. with each other oh, out, yeah. Yeah. out in sea, like you're yeah. not just... 100 metres from shore. No, and we go down to Cape Jervis. We'll stay at Antichamber Bay for two nights in a row. So we don't even come back in, mm. you know. So we've got to be compatible. We sleep three in that little bunk bed area with us all in the same bed, so to speak, you know. So we've all got to get on, mm. you know. And there's, and I always say to new people as well, you may not like everybody to start with, but you'll have to learn to. Yeah. So, and that's part of forming a community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if they don't like it or it's too hard, then they just need to get off the boat. Mm. You know, yeah. simple. And I think that's that's a real life lesson, isn't it? Sometimes things just don't always gel, um, and that's okay. What are some of the other lessons that you've learned? Just lately, actually, I have learned that I actually know a lot, which okay. has been, you know, I always hide behind the team thing, so the team and team this and team that and everything else. And um, Tracy did an interview with um, Katie. A, a, filming chicken katie did a little sort of four or five minute doco out of that and just some of it is like about like the stuff that i know and jules is always saying to me how did you know that it's like well i don't know how i know that but i know that you know and it's it's like you know you're sitting there and you're watching the wind and you're watching the tide and the daylight and where the sun is in the sky and what's happening on the water and how fast the tide's running and it's just time on the water that teaches you that sort of stuff. And I don't relay enough of that to the girls. Mm. So that's been a, a big thing I've learned about myself this year is I need to share a little bit more of the stuff that just comes natural to me that I don't think is a learning curve. Yeah, and know? sometimes we forget what we know as well. So it's sharing our wisdom and mm. but yeah. also recognising, um, you know, your experience and, and what you do know. Yeah, yeah, so we've had a pretty exciting year with that. We made the cover of the Club Marine magazine, which Ooh, was pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> and we had an eight-page spread in the middle of it too. And wow. that goes out to like 98,000 subscribers. So, so we're pretty excited about that, which was great. Yeah, so how do the rest of the crews receive Just a Girl? Like 
I'm assuming you're going in competitions yep. and, and yep. the angling club and all that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. What's What's <laughs> been the um, response? Okay, so 2021 is a lot different to 2015. Yes. Yeah, so 2015 when we first started fishing these tournaments and comps and stuff, yeah, nobody took us seriously. We we weren't abused, but we were, you know, and that's how the Just a Girl name came around. It's like, what would you know you're just a girl? Yeah. So sort of, you know, that's how that name came around. Um, we had a lot of trouble with females more than males at the start. Okay. Um, I remember going on a certain trip where... I was told that uh, if I went, then the boys, these boys weren't allowed to go. And okay. the skipper of that trip turned around and said, well, you're not coming then to them. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but like, we're not interested in anyone's blokes. We're not yeah. interested in their husbands or their partners. We're out there to go fishing. That's what we're there for. We're there to challenge ourselves. We're there to laugh at each other, laugh with each other. We cry with each other as well. Don't yeah. you worry about that one, you know. And we're we just there to have fun, just to switch off, you know. We never, ever talk about kids, work, husbands, day-to-day pressure. We don't talk about any of that. We can be away for five days and we don't discuss any of that. We it's discuss being with each other. Yeah. Mm. We discuss fishing, who's making the cheese platter, what wine we're having, and what time the alarm's going off in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> What's the plan? And as a therapist, and I've worked in lots of different settings, um, you know, I know that sense of being with each other and the unspoken stuff can have such a powerful impact on each other um, as well. Yeah. Most definitely. Like Jules and I have, I don't know what uh, what it is, but like I'll think, oh, I should ring Jules. And the next thing my phone rings and it's Jules. And, or I'll write something down or I'll go up and put something in somewhere or finish off a job and she'll ring me the same time and say, hey, did you remember to do such and such? It's like, done yeah there's you know, a connection there. so we really do have this connection we finish off each other's sentences it's like we're twins it's wow. crazy you know yeah so, yeah and that's all because of fishing all because of fishing yeah so tell me what's it like i'm really curious about when you get a big fish on the end of your line like i've watched some of your um stuff and we'll get into the fact that you've got a tv show now yeah um what's that like the adrenaline is amazing. It's just like you just hold your breath and um, you just go into this little zone, you know, like the rest of the crew are always behind you. And, you know, some of the fish we catch may take two or three hours. I caught a 99-kilo really? tuna a couple of years back and it took four and a half hours to get that to the side of the boat. And it happened so fast, you know, like four and a half hours just happened so fast. It's, you know. Wow. So that's. That's a huge thing to do. So what was it like? It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely knackered for about four days. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be quite physical as well. Very, very physical, yeah. But, you know, with fishing, it's like everything. There is a technique as well. So you don't have to be fit and slim and trim and young to go fishing because there are techniques involved that, you know, save your body a little bit. Yeah. So for someone like me who's never really been on a boat really <laughs> yes <laughs> and I think about fishing and and look at the exciting adventure that you're on what's the appeal for you yeah um I would probably sell it to you more so about a trip of discovery yeah you know like it's not just about discovering fishing um, but you will love fishing after you've been out there that first time as well yeah. but it's a discovery about yourself how far you can push yourself you know, like if you get seasick, I'm not bringing you back. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, but I'll tell you that beforehand. I'll also tell you to take the drugs. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, some of the stuff that we fish in, particularly down at Port McDonald, you know, four meter swell down there is a gentle day. Four wow. meters is not like four of those. It's like ten of those. It's yeah. very big. It's big and gnarly, and but it's awesome, you yeah. know. And it's such a challenge for you to, and we don't go out for an hour. Like we're up at sunrise and we're gone and we don't come back in. We're always the last boat in, first boat out, last boat in, always. Mm. And, um, you know, it's just it's just awesome. It's just amazing. And the courage you learn, the things you learn about yourself, because you'll get pushed those, those first few fishing trips to a point where you think you're going to break, but you'll be too scared to tell me you're not coming again <laughs> <laughs> because you still will be undecided. Because you love everybody and you want to be with them as well. So, you know, it's just one of those things. And then, you know, I, I shared, let me share a moment with you mm. back in probably about 2018. Um, one of our crew members at that time, Helen Trowbridge, we were fishing down at Port McDonald and we had these huge big swells and they, they go, you know, like a scale up and down, up and down, up and down. Now, if there's a big gap between them, it's okay. It's like a rolling hills and you're, you're boating over these rolling hills. So her and I were both hooked up on the back of the boat. So we both had a double hookup of tuna. She had one, I had one. We were in our little back corners in the boat and the swell was huge. And we, instead of going up and down it, we were going across the top of it. Wow. So as the swell comes before it actually rolls over, it's, it peaks up into quite a steep peak. We were right on top of that peak. I looked down and there was just this sheer drop and both Helen and I, I'm getting goosebumps talking yeah. about this, right? We both at the same time went, yahoo, <laughs> really loud. And it was just that split second in time that, oh, my hair's on standing up. Yeah. It was just so awesome. You know, it's like um, sharing a childbirth moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so good. Yeah, because the fear and the adrenaline and the excitement all, all in one. Oh, it's just amazing, yeah. That's yeah. why we get so tired out there, you Yeah, know, is the adrenaline rush. But Helen and I, to this day, you know, we we just look at each other and smile when we're out there because mm. we both go straight back to that spot. To and that moment in time. To that moment in time. Mm. We created that moment in time, you know. Yeah. So it sounds like there's lots of the challenge, the excitement, everything that happens really relates to life and transfers oh, in so many ways. So what have you seen crew members um, not necessarily overcome? We won't go into specifics for them because that's their story. But what have you seen in the growth? Okay, so um, first season out, we had a couple of girls who didn't get on and uh, they had to learn to live with each other. Mm. Um so, and that's something that I struggle with every year as well. I'm having to learn to live with people that I don't necessarily like very mm. much, but I can see how I can help them. Yeah. And then I do like them. Because, and then it's that compassion coming through. Yeah. yeah. And then it's because I've seen that growth, you know, and it's like, and a lot of the time they grow and they don't even realise I've done it. And I'll say, remember when you, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so we had one of the girls who um, I don't think she'd really been around a lot of other women and um, was very bossy and everything else and it took the whole crew probably half a season to actually like this girl mm. but what we had to do was we had to learn that that was her 
and it wasn't anything personal for us. Yeah. So it's accepting yeah. people for who they are. Yeah. That was her. That's how she is. We weren't going to try and change her, but rather than avoiding her, we'd just answer her back the same way as she's talking to us sort of thing, you know. And then she actually discovered what she was doing mm. and went, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was so bossy, mm. you know. And we, I actually saw her change completely not long after that. So you know, her whole life changed Yeah, because she stopped that, you know, that wall up mm. thing, you know. And I always talk about behaviours um, usually is a form of communication and, and things are happening. So to have that mirrored back and, mm. and for that self-development and realisation, that's pretty cool. Yeah, mm. well, quite often, like, you know, I've, I've got a 24-year-old son who uh, gives me a bit of a rev up from time to time and, you know, and I'll say, oh, I don't like something. What do you mean? Or... Everybody, it's, it's not everybody, mum. It's only a small percentage. Are you saying everybody? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. What yeah, the kids it's interesting, are? isn't it? Because our language does go that way of like it's all these things, but yeah. but also when we have a reaction to something, it's something for us to look at. Yeah, well, that's what he says. Well, so you need to sit down and think about mm. why that clashes with you, because obviously it's something that you probably do as well. Mm. So there's been times, you know, where I thought, oh, what have I done? What have I let myself into? You know, I don't want to force anyone to be on the boat. I don't want to force anyone to come fishing. But there are times where, where I'm like, I know this is my dream and the others aren't quite as committed as I am. Like, I'll, I'll cancel everything to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor's appointments, COVID <laughs> injections, <laughs> the whole lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, just to go fishing. And um, I'll make time to go fishing. If, for whatever reason, I've got something going. Like, my family, I ghost parties and birthdays and Mother's Day is my day, so I can be fishing because it's my day. It's not my day with the kids. It's my day off of the kids, mm. so to speak, you know. Yeah. So Why do you love it so much? I think because I can just leave everything alone. Mm. You know, you just switch off. You live now. This is now. And nothing else matters. You don't have to worry about how you're going to pay the bills next week. You don't worry about who's going to cook dinner, whether the housework's done or not. Are the kids okay? Has the puppies been fed? Is there petrol in the car? None of it. Yeah. So it's just you, the boat, the fish, <laughs> and hopefully that all connects. Yeah. And yeah. the girls. And, and the we girls. just, yeah. Mm. And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. So you started um, documenting on video what um, Just a Girl was all about and have a TV show on Channel 44 now. So what's that experience been like for you? Well, that's been uh, very interesting. Uh, that all started, we were going to do a documentary about Just a Girl um, at the Coast to Coast Tuna Comp in 2020, I think, or 2019. And we had a camera girl, Katie, bless Katie. And uh, so she's like, yeah, I'm keen to do all this stuff. You know, I grew up on boats and she suffered terrible seasickness for the whole three days we were out. Wow, so it's very hard to film and be seasick at the same time. Yeah, so she slept, we used her camera. <laughs> <laughs> and that was sort of the start of it. And then that was in the February and in March COVID happened. So Katie had to go back to the UK. Uh, she was a student here. So she had to go back to the UK and she left us with the footage and we sort of played around with it and um, made an episode and we didn't have enough for a whole half hour thing. So we added Jules's dad's 80th birthday. We took him fishing for his 80th birthday. I think you've seen that yeah, one. I've yeah, I've seen that episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's a bit of a tearjerker one. It's a real warm and fuzzy one. So we took him out fishing and we put him in there to fill the episode up. And that was our very first episode. And um, 
we didn't know anything about editing or filming or anything. And so I Googled it because I wasn't working because of COVID. <laughs> Googled how to edit. And next thing you know, we've got a TV show. So we'd just filmed everything. We'd set cameras up. We brought these old GoPros and we set cameras up all over the boat, hoping that we could catch something significant. And that's how that all started, you know, and it used to take, oh, it'd take me three weeks to edit a half hour series because we just let the cameras run. So I'd be going through half hour of just the motor mm. and the boat and no fish. And, yeah. you know, we've gotten better at it since then. Is that learning something new and embracing that as yeah, well? Yeah, and challenging, you know. We also had to learn a bit more about social media and Instagram and YouTube and stuff at that point in time as well. I must say the girls are still like ignorant to that stuff because they don't want to learn it because they may <laughs> have to help me. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a huge big learning curve. And um, we, you know, we had a bit of help as well. When we fish that coast to coast comp, we have a couple of guests on board for that competition and we usually have two boats. So every now and again, you'll see um, a, a gentleman, Dean Forster, who's in his mid seventies. He skippers a second boat for us when I have more crew than I can fit on one boat. And he's absolutely awesome wow. at it as well. Yeah. And we have um, Moira Jenkins, who's the mayor of Victor Harbour. She fishes that coast-to-coast comp with us. And also when she's able to, Rebecca Sharkey also fishes that comp with us. So I believe that uh, she had a conversation with Albert from Channel 44 and said, well, if you need content, you should go and have a look at the girls' YouTube channel, you know. And... We get smoke blowing at us all the time, you know, promises of this and promises mm. of that and some sponsorship and, and it never, ever happens. And so I get a call saying, hi, I'm Albert from Channel 44, you know, Beck Sharky, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, yeah, go look at our YouTube channel. If you like it, come back. You know, it's like you don't put any, because it's always been a dream. Like Renee and I spoke seven or eight years ago about, just imagine if we had a TV show, yeah. how cool would that be, you know? Yeah. So, um. I see on my phone it came up that he'd subscribed. So I thought, oh, he's subscribed to the channel. So mm. he's obviously watching it. We'll see what happens, you know. And within half an hour he'd rang and said, like, this is awesome stuff. It's pretty raw. But, you know, I reckon because we were just doing, like, little 10-minute videos and stuff, so we needed to pull something together to make a whole half-hour show. So we just joined some together. And I had all the back footage for all of these as well. So, you know, I could produce, like, two hours of, film just around that one thing because I had it and mm. I didn't throw anything away. Yeah. So that's how that started. And um, So it's taking that opportunity. Yeah. And it was like, look, I could have said oh, I was scared. I was really scared about, oh, what if it's not good enough? Like we've got doogie old GoPros and the sound's terrible because it wins all the time and how am I going to do that? And it became apparent with the very first one that I had to become um, a voiceover because noise, wind noise and you know, the boat motor noise and you can't hear what's going on on board a lot of the time. And, you know, some of the one-liners on that boat are a cracker, you know, <laughs> Jules especially. You know, yeah, she's um, a, she's but a, it's that thing of working it out, being flexible, finding a way for it to happen. Yeah, yeah, and I, I had a bit of time on my hands as well. And, and I'm, I'm, I like being creative. I like creative stuff, you know. My kids are musos, they're creative, they write music and mm. travel and so it was sort of, you know, I'm still trying to get them to write us a theme song. <laughs> if anyone knows a theme song for us, yeah, please let us know. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it was it was a challenge. And the first one I sent off to to Albert to have a look at, I was like, oh, you know, like I was, yeah, I was really sort of, I wasn't. I'm not saying stressed because I don't get stressed, 
I was probably a bit anxious because I really, I always question my abilities as to whether I know enough. Do I know enough to teach someone that? Do I know mm. enough to keep people safe? Do I know enough to, to you know, if you had said to me two years ago, you're going to create your own TV series, I would have gone, yeah, right. <laughs> and it's quite exposing when you're trying to put something forward and, and have other people look at it. What have you learned in that process? Well, Albert's been a great help because, like, the first couple of episodes there was like 20 backwards and forwards change this do this yeah that's good now but this cuts in too quick that goes out you've got that on top of that so I've had to learn as I go and um was lucky I'm a quick learner <laughs> but um yeah so now the edits now are maybe one or two things like the music doesn't quite drop off quick enough but season three we're, we're filming that right now uh, we've got Tracy's GoPro 9 that we're using and we're just hoping to be able to get some more cameras we've mm. applied for a grant but we'll see we haven't had much success with grants right. and mainly because people don't get us yeah you know they just don't get the just a girl story you know they think that is a fishing show but it's really a lifestyle show yeah we build characters you get to know the girls it's the same girls every week we don't do the here we are on spot x with a size 60 hook and an octopus <laughs> head and we're going to drop that down 10 meters and get mm. a shark it's about the human experience that's yeah. happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, a thing that you've highlighted as well is, and we've talked on other episodes about the fact that you don't just get to a really professional space. It, it's a process to get there that you need to start. Yes. And, you know, be vulnerable with it and get feedback and adopt, adopt what people say and all of that stuff that comes with that. And you've done that um, as well. So hopefully the next step. Yeah, well, we yes. want to be a bit more professional now. Like we're yeah. we're seeing, um, we're seeing, like we thought our first stuff was just the coolest, best stuff <laughs> in the world. But as like series two was better than series one, and we're getting better at editing, and we're getting better at filming as well. So we we don't always have the cameras running all the time now. And we're doing a lot more with Tracy's camera, the nine. We're mm. doing a lot more like not interview stuff, but chit chatty stuff and close up. And mm. you know, we got all of that hook going through Jules' finger, mm. all on film, the whole event from start to finish. And because Tracy had the camera sitting over top, we actually hooked a bird that day, so that it was all hooked up in a bird's wing. Wow. And we're trying to free the bird. Wow. So there's lots of that on the boat, <laughs> yeah. hey? Oh, we see whales. And we had a whale hit the boat one day. Like, Jules was hooked up to a seal. <laughs> We've been trolling and the seal had bloody got its wing caught up, mm. its fin caught up. So we're trying to bring the seal in to unhook wow. him. And I've turned around to the front. There was this huge big bust up. So there were birds diving in the water and bait fish jumping out. And Jules is hooked up and the rods are going off and I've turned around just to see where we were because there was a heap of boats out there and there was this whale tail, this huge mm. big whale tail in my window. This whale had ducked down to get underneath us and it was his tail like up in the air like that. And I've got this big graze right down the side of the boat and underneath the boat where the barnacles have scraped. And Kev's like, just touch that up. It's like, no, that's our whale <laughs> trail. whale trail. I want someone to draw a whale there, paint a whale on the boat. So those moments that you just can't predict and it's just all happening. I thought we were going to die that day. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't scream. I, I don't do that ah, thing, like even on rides and stuff. But that day I screamed. Jules shat herself because I screamed. <laughs> I went, what the hell? She didn't see it. The boat just went boom, boom, like that and back again. And I'm like, oh, I've never been that scared. Like I thought we were, I thought we were gone. And now you've got through it. It's 
That's awesome now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we talked earlier about the fact that when you first, Just a Girl first came out, there was a few comments and stuff. So how are you embraced now? Well, um, most of the guys are awesome with us. We have still have that little group of people that don't like us. And you know what? It's awesome because we wear that as a badge. If you're not out there enough and you're not making a difference somewhere and you don't have haters, you're not doing a good enough job. You really need to dig your feet in and find a few and more. And I guess in life, like lots of people will, that can put people off where it's like, just do what you want to do. Um, yeah, which is. Yeah, be true to yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think. You know, if we, if we were of that, if we thought we were going to be so worried about what other people think, we'd be staying home. We wouldn't be doing this. You know, we, would, we just would be too scared to move forward. We would be too scared to live a life. Mm. You know, I don't know about you. You bell, but I want to go to the grave with like all the stuff done, not yeah. being a housewife and a mother, you know. And with that housewife mother thing, most of the girls who come to me are around that 45 age group, right? They they're lost. They're completely lost. The kids are now growing up. You know, I had one who was still doing readings reading in the morning at school with other people's kids. Yeah. Because she thought that was what her life was about. And I guess it's finding that purpose and meaning and connection. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times their husbands have left them because the whole family unit's just broken down. There's no conversation. Now the kids are gone. There's no nothing in common. So, mm. you know, they're, they're separated. They're trying to find themselves. They have no idea. Maybe they used to go fishing with dad or with grandpa or, you know, I used to enjoy that. Mm. Or they fish with their hubby and he's taken the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So you, you've provided an avenue for people to come and discover and it's so not about fishing. No. It is about fishing, but it's, yeah. there's so much else that happens yeah, there. So what do you think are the main things that you want people to know about this experience and what life is about? Because you said you want to go to the grave having lived life. Yeah, so I think, you know, people say you only live once. I disagree with that. You only die once. Oh, that's a good one to think about. Yeah, you only die once. When it's done, it's done, and that's all there is to it. So, you know, and I also believe that we've got a checkout date. You've got to do all your things. I've got lots of things still to do. I'll be still here when I'm 100 fishing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about satisfying your soul. You know, if you, if you are happy, if you're fulfilled, everything else in life is a lot easier. You don't put that expectation on yourself or those around you. You know, I'm way more, I'm way more chilled now than I was 10 years ago. You know, when I had that workout on, I, was, I'm, I wasn't feisty. But I don't reckon I've been in a bad mood for like six or seven years. Because you're fulfilled? I think so. I think so. I think I've found my niche. And you know what? That niche was always there. I just didn't listen to it. You know, the stuff you think about every day and the stuff you look at, the books you read, the TV programs that you watch, underneath that is your path. But we put our path away for money, for earning money. Mm. And we tend to put that all first. I love fishing but I've got to work. Well, who says you've got to work? Yeah. You know, people say to me, oh, you're so lucky. I'm not lucky. I planned it that way. <laughs> yeah. You made it happen that way. Yeah. 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 I'm not yeah. lucky. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Like what you were talking about earlier about we have all these expectations and we put place them on ourselves, but we forget that we've actually got choice as well um, in amongst them. And sometimes there's some practical things like, you know, earning money to get a roof over your head and things like that. But yeah. ultimately underneath that, you're talking about, what fulfills you and finding that and doing it most definitely and you know like 
if kids see their parents doing what they love, you, you've got to have a passion. You know, you've got to have a passion about something. Otherwise, you've got no endorphins. You know, you've got to love something. Mm. Might as well be fishing in Team Just a Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the ripple effect that happens yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, so exactly. if you had one message for the world, what would that be? Be true to yourself. Yeah. Nobody else matters. You know, people, particularly women, feel selfish when they do their own thing. All right. Because they are led to believe by society that the children have to come first, the husband has to come first, the house has to come first. I call that bullshit. You have to come first. Yeah. Because if you're doing your thing, then everything else is easy and yeah. everybody else around you is happy as well. Yeah, I think that sounds like an amazing thing for us all to take on board of, you know, it's the oxygen mask thing, isn't it? Oh, certainly. Look after yourself and then yep. you can look after others as well. Exactly. So how do people get involved or find you or discover everything that you're doing? Well, we have a uh, Facebook page, obviously, Just a Girl. And we have a website which is just being refurbished right now because we've got some stuff for sale, believe Ooh. it or not. Um, but we have to make it updated so we can do that. So that's going to hit and miss right now. But that's www.teamjustagirl.com.au. Okay. Uh, we have our YouTube channel called Get Hooked Fishing with Team Just a Girl. It was just Get Hooked with Team Just a Girl. And we started getting people saying, it keeps going to porn sites. <laughs> yes, it's probably <laughs> so, not a good look. So we thought we'd better chuck fishing in there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why that's a bit disjointed. Yeah. And you can always catch us on Channel 44 here in Adelaide and uh, 31 in Melbourne on a Tuesday night, Thursday afternoon and a Saturday lunchtime. So, yeah. yeah. So it's just a girl and it's um, going out and fishing with a team and a crew, but so much more. And thank you for sharing all of the insights that you've sort of had along the way as well. And I'm sure we could have talked about this all day. <laughs> um, but I love your philosophy around living life and doing what you need to do to fulfil you so that the ripple effect can sort of happen from there. So thank yeah. you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Belle. For show notes and more information about my guests and to get in touch with me, visit igniteartherapies.com.au.